I am Blaze Bailey. You are experiencing probably the best show in the world, Puppets Corner. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to a brand new episode of Poppet's Corner. Thoroughly excited, as always, to be doing these. Of course, you know, you know him, you love him. Mr. Shannon Fry is joining us today. How you doing, man? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you for asking. And of course, <laughs> of course, and of course, we have the great Glenn Rogers of of a bunch of of projects of obviously Deliverance, Heretic. Uh, obviously the new band Primal, which we're going to get into, but Glenn, how you doing, man? I really appreciate a moment of your time and, and hanging with us. I'm doing all right, man. Uh, just hanging in there, working and playing and, you know, so living life, man. What have you been doing since kind of we last spoke? That was a couple of years back, obviously on the show here. Um, you've had, had a couple projects, uh, the final decree being one of them. Can you just kind of, Give me a Reader's Digest version of where that band is particularly at before we even dive into the, the Primal stuff. Well, they kind of coincide, um, you know, both bands, because uh, we did the single um, Dark Before the Dawn, which is on Headbangers Records in Holland. There you go, Marco. There's your plug. Uh, buy the single. <laughs> And uh, so we started, uh, the idea was a single was to lead into the album, uh, a full album. And so, you know, after all the writing and COVID hit, we, we managed to start rehearsing and getting ready to record. And then we hit the studio, you know, all intentions to do the record. And uh, we got all of the music recorded, everything all done. And the next step was to record vocals and mix and master. And uh the problem was uh, Sam couldn't finish the album. He got a deal with uh, Ruthless, and he had to go back. And that was his main project, and I understood. It was a, you know, kind of a bummer for us, but, you know, it is what it is. So that's kind of put the, uh, the nail in the coffin for Final Decree. And, uh, you know, me and Jorge and Cesar, we kind of decided, well, what's our best option? We need, you know, we got a record in the can, no vocalist. So we reached out to uh, our singer, Beto Zammerbide, uh, who did the first Primal record with us. And uh, we decided, well, you know what, let's switch directions. And it makes sense for us to, to uh, get back together with Beto because COVID was pretty much over and because he lives in Miami. So the distance was an issue, but now that that's over with, um, let's reach out and see if he wants to uh, reignite Primal and turn this from a Final Decree record to a new Primal record. And he agreed. And, uh, you know, we had to go through the whole writing process of vocals and melodies. You know, all the music was done, but it took some time, you know, about six to eight months to get all the lyrics and vocals recorded. So it kind of went longer than we wanted, but it is what it is, you know, you know, and uh, now we got the full completed project um but unfortunately final decrees kind of you know backburnered i mean it is technically my band but you know the musicians are now in primal and you know 
Um, Jorge has been my, my drummer for a long time since the Hyrax days. So yeah, it just kind of makes sense to do it this way. Um, cause you know, to me, you know, final decree was with Sammy and, uh, without Sammy, there's really no final decree. It's, it's finally dead. <laughs> so that's, that's where we're at, you know? So that's why this, uh, primal exists again. And, uh, so we're, so we I, I, I'm generally curious. So if, are you telling me if Primal didn't have Beto singing, then it would? What would it have have gone down? Would you have started a new band outside of this? Well, I mean, if he said no, I would have probably kept looking because I mean, I had all the music written and recorded. So at that point, you know, I have to get somebody. Uh, I you know, I had a couple guys reach out to me, but you know, in this day and age, everyone's trying to be a hired gun. You know, I had a couple known singers. I'm not going to say their names, but, you know, one of them was a pretty predominant singer um, who used to be on Enigma Records. Here's your hint. Um, but, uh, you know, it was, it was about, you know, well, you know, I'm really interested. And I'm like, great, thanks for reaching out. Uh, but it's going to cost. And I'm like, yeah, no, I'm not looking for a hired gun. I'm looking for a partner. And so they went off to do their thing. And, you know, that's what they do. You know, really good singers are, you know, they, they hire themselves out and that's cool. That's, that's what it is, you know, but I'm looking for someone to team up with, you know? Um, so who knows what it would have happened? I mean, uh, I, you know, I, I have no idea. I mean, um, I have a particular idea in mind of, of a melodic heavy singer and, uh, there's not a lot of them out there these days. I mean, it's either like really, really aggressive, you know, modern style, but you know, I'm, I'm new wave of British heavy metal. Uh, you know, give me Dio, give me Dickinson, give me, you know, anything like that. That's what I like. And that's what I hear. In my so music. what does Beto bring to your specific songwriting that other vocalists don't? And I guess, do you particularly write to his voice or does he, do you kind of just write and then he has to fit kind of around that whole thing? Well, it's different. I mean, the first album we kind of all wrote together because um, this is our second album. Um, so I am a singer, believe it or not, and I do sing um, and I do write lyrics. And I wrote for Primal, I've written lyrics, you know, on a, a number of songs or co-written lyrics. Um, and so basically I write as a singer. I leave space for the vocals. And so if you listen to my songs, you know, even in the Hyrax days, the verses are very plain and basic, you know, grinding. And then all the riffs and stuff are in between and in the intro and stuff, you know, and I write it that way. And, you know, I've always kind of had a catchy feel for it. So that's kind of, you know, I, I would say pop thrash if you want to call it that, but that's, that's what it is, you know? Um, and that's, that's kind of, you know, like even deliverance days, you can tell what I wrote, you know, against what Jimmy wrote, you know, and, it's kind of that style I had. And I, you know, it's kind of the LA Wilmington Torrance kind of thrashy sound that, you know, heretic started with and, you know, kind of how we've always did it, you know? So Beto brings something, you know, he's melodic. Um, he's interesting because he's from Argentina. So um, it's kind of funny because, you know, some of his vocal lines, you know, have the accents just like scorpions. They have the German accent, you know, so you hear that Spanish accent in there. And I think it confuses some people who don't realize it. You know, he's from Argentina, you know, so it's it's, it's a bit different. And I like it because it's unique, you know, and, and we sound like us. 
So, you know, that's, he's got some melody. He, you know, he definitely has some highs and, and, uh, Kind of like a, you know, I guess I would, I would say a Bon Scott kind of a singer sometimes, you know, he doesn't have that high end scream like, you know, death metal guys do, but you know, he's, he's got a sound and that's what I like with the singer. They have to have a sound. Caton had a sound, his own sound, you know, um, Jimmy has his own sound. Well, not really. Jimmy sounds like David Sammy, Bowie and Sammy Justin, has but, his own you know. sound. <laughs> Sammy has his own sound, you know, so that's, Julian, you know, they got their own distinctiveness and that's, that makes, makes us, you know, our bands, you know, our bands. So, you know, that's what I like about that. He's a great guy and we get along, you know, and that's, that's kind of the hardest thing to find is getting, you know, everybody on the same page, you know, so and, that's why he And when you us. say you sing, obviously you don't just sing in the shower, I'm assuming. So <laughs> with, with this in mind here, um, I, I'm curious how, how did you approach initially Beto with, with, I guess, even the first album? Because you know that he's, obviously, you know he's been in the scene a long time with other bands. Obviously, he's not as well known yeah. out here yeah. because, you know, Logos and, and V8 are primarily, you know, in um, his his native, what is it, his native Argentina. country or whatever, I guess. Yeah, his Argentina. So... Even getting hooked up with him, how does that connection happen? Well, you got to remember my drummer, Jorge Icabelis, is from Argentina. <laughs> That's the connection. Jorge knew him from back in the day. And uh, so when Jorge left Hyrax, he was looking to put a band together. And that's how Primal started, was with Jorge and Beto. And then Sandy Vasquez, if you remember Sandy on bass, who plays with Ruthless. So everyone kind of goes around and trades bands, you know. Um, and then they had another guitar player named Wagner, and and they needed songwriting for the first record. And so Jorge called me up and invited me to come down and jam. And, and that was kind of the idea was to be more of a songwriter, rhythm guitar player um, for the first album, you know. So I wrote songs, and I did solos too, but um, – I was the last guy to join the band, but you know, the one thing I could do is write. And, and I noticed they were kind of stuck on songs. You know, they had a couple and you know, you open the door and you say, well, can you write? Oh yeah. And then I throw riffs at you all day and all night long. And that's what I did. And you know, next thing you know, there's a whole album of material. And uh, so that's, that's how that first album came together. And then, you know, I had an injury with my wrist, as you know about wrist injuries. Uh, so I had to take some time off. So I really couldn't really spend a whole lot of time with Primal. I kind of started and stopped with them a couple of times until this record. Now, you can know. we go to the the album cover itself here? And, and I'm curious for you, how did you initially come up with the concept for this and, and hire the artist who actually did this particular album cover? Yeah, honestly, I don't do anything with the art, to be honest. <laughs> um, this was Beto and, and uh, his artist that he worked with uh, from Argentina. Um, and I can't, for the life of me, remember his name. Um, Fernando, that's it. Um, and uh, he did the first album cover, too. And he, he does art for a lot of bands in South America. And so... 
the concept basically Beto came up with Hue Machines. The song was originally called Heavy Toll. And then he kind of came up with the concept of, you know, uh, you know, kind of like war pigs, humans, we are machines, you know, we're, we're pawns in chess, you know, and uh, that's kind of a futuristic view of uh, what we will become underneath the thumbs of a crazy government kind of thing, you know. Um, and so that's kind of uh, the concept of the artwork, you know, it's very, to me, we kind of got now our own mascot, don't know what to name him, I think we'll call him Arthur. You should call him Shannon, <laughs> you know? dude. Some people have Eddie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just looking at that, <laughs> thinking that myself. Okay. He's still Avengers mascot. There you go. <laughs> so that's kind of the idea. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. So a named Shannon. mascot. There you, you know? go. But, uh, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, that's, that's, I, I, you know, there are certain areas where I try to stay out of and the other people have their strengths and, and Beto really loves doing the art and that presentation part of the band. For me, it was all about the music and the writing and recording process. So I kind of stick to that. I mean, even in the high rack stuff, they, they show us an album cover. We say, yeah, it sounds good. You know, the last album, last album cover art I was involved with was the first deliverance record. And you see how <laughs> crappy that album came. <laughs> that cover is horrible. They didn't even get the concept of what we were looking for, you know, <laughs> Shannon knows. <laughs> but you know, as far as like, you know, yeah, I mean I, I tend to leave it leave it up to uh to other guys about the art stuff, you know. It's like it's that's not my forte. It's like okay, looks good to me, fine. You know, go with it. You know, it could be just a black cover with Well then you would get deliverance <laughs> part two, and I know that's not what you kind of are looking for. So yeah, or ACDC or Spinal Tap, you know, that's pretty much that's or Metallica or something. So let me uh, let me let me branch off of here. So you you primarily focus obviously more mostly on from a musical side of things when it comes to the band. Now I'm curious on on I'm gonna it's it's a tongue twister this time around. So you got it, Hugh Machine. Um, were you primarily going for a more I don't know. What did you want to add more to this particular album than you did on the debut Primal? Um, well, because I had, you know, we there was other songwriters involved with Primal. But to remember, when this album started, it was it was a final decree kind of thing. It was this album is basically it's me. It's what I love about heavy metal music. I didn't want to make it just a thrash album. I didn't want to make it just this or that. I it was everything I liked. And everything I borrowed from, from Motorhead to Saxon to, you know, Megadeth, you know, everything that I like about metal, Sabbath, you know, so that's what's on this album. You know, so it's did just, the riffs all my just come naturally then? It was just like here, blam, a song, five yeah, minutes because I mean, you have an idea and yeah, you're just like, okay, here we go, done, right? Because you're good, you're good at riffs. You're very yeah, good at Shannon, riffs. And if you're using all those influences, it just seems yeah, like it would be just be quick, you know? Right. Well, for example, the one that I really made it sound like uh, Motorhead meets Saxon was a song called Firefight. It's the third song on the record. Um, that was when I wrote that. It was shortly after Lemmy's death. And that's how long that one's been sitting in my back pocket. 
Um, I wanted something with that feel because it was kind of homage, you know, uh, I was a big Motorhead fan, still am to this day, you know, and so I love that sound and that Saxon is one of my favorite bands, you know, so it's that, that groove is what I went for and I purposely wrote it that way, you know, I, you know, cause that's, you know, those bands, you know, accept as well along the same lines, you know, that's what I really was into. So I wanted it to be that. So that's what I basically came up with. Um, and when I write, basically, I grab a guitar and then I just chug around and then I stumble upon a riff, get it in my head, and I go, okay, now I need another part. What can go with it? You know, that's kind of the thing, you know. Um, I just kind of just, it's God's gift, you know. He gave me the, the gift of writing riffs, you know, and uh, a lot of people borrowed them <laughs> over the years, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> but you know what it is it's it's just it's just uh i've you know since i was a child i had a love for music and wanting to be in a band since you know i saw the neighbors band you know across the street you know when i was like in what fourth grade what i was like 10 years old 11 years old whatever the age you are picked up my first guitar and started learning to play chords and uh it's all i wanted to do so um, I've been blessed, you know, and lucky. And, uh, so I'm still almost 60 and I'm still doing so it. Let's, let me branch off of this yeah. question, uh, or this point, I should say with this question, cause there's been, I, I've been hearing this a lot from like, I don't know, journalists and they, we, for some reason they can't figure out why musicians still write albums to begin with because it's they they keep thinking in terms of from a uh, financial aspect that obviously metal doesn't really provide as much so for you specifically and and this is just my take and i kind of want to get your specific opinion of this you know the reason why i s still write records is to keep adding to my legacy so i i don't really care about the monetarily thing but for you what is your particular reason for still wanting to create albums and not singles and and not just playing live all the time well it's just the riffs are there you know i mean it's i can't explain you know other than it's it's just always been in my DNA. I think with most musicians, it's in your DNA to create. And why stop? You know, I mean, if you want to just do one song, fine, if that's where you feel like stopping. But for me, it's always um, about the complete, you know, package to do. You got to do a record. It's just that's how it is. You, you know, you just it, you got to like see where it goes. And then when you feel you've had enough with that album, then okay, that's it. You know, so for me, I always think in terms of, you know, of an album, you know, I mean, uh, you know, that, that's the only bummer I had with Hyrax is we didn't get to do enough albums. You know, I had so much material in me that, you know, we, we messed around with EPs and I hated that. Assassins of War could have been a whole album. And matter of fact, you guys didn't know that, but there was two versions of that before um, Lance and Steve were in the band with the original lineup. You know, we went in the studio, recorded five songs, and then somebody left the band when we were supposed to go to Japan, and, you know, that we had to can that whole record, you know. And bits and pieces of those songs ended up in other bands, you know, Heretic included, you know, that I that I had those songs. Some of them in Primal, some of them, you know, and other things. 
So, I mean, I'll always write because that's just kind of my nature. I pick up the guitar, I'm going to come out with a riff. And so I got to see it to the end. You know, I don't care about the money. That's why I have a day job. You know, I'm, you know, I'm a warehouse manager for a tech company, been there for 23 years. And, you know, th th we don't make money in this. We do this because we love it. I mean, if I, if it was be about monetary reasons, you know, I, I'd cut the hair and just sit there at the desk and ship boxes. Yeah. Wow. So, let, me, let, me, let me branch off of this too. So when I, I'm generally curious, I know you're primarily fo more focused in the musical aspect in terms of songwriting and whatnot, but is there a specific other kind of field in putting together a record that you kind of invest yourself more in? Is it kind of the business aspect of getting the record put out? Is it doing the layout for the booklet and seeing where, you know, kind of everything goes? Or what primarily, what, what is another aspect of putting together a record for you that you like, that you enjoy just as much, say, as, as the songwriting aspect? Uh, really, none of that stuff. The business stuff sucks because... You guys know you call and then you leave messages and then the people don't answer back or they don't care or, or whatever, you know, it's, I guess for me, the studio is like, you know, I'm learning more about production. So that way I don't have to hire an engineer. I can do it myself. But then again, what I, what I like, I do all the demos, you know, I, I record all the songs in my little 16 track recorder and I do the best I can with it to get, you know, the basic song so I can show it to everybody to learn it. You know, that the teaching part is fun for me. I would say that, you know, teaching, you know, teaching the guitar player, you know, or bass player, uh, you know, how, how it goes, you know, and uh, working it out. Um, but like the business part sucks, you know. I mean, we're still trying to get a gig. No one wants to book us, you know, right now, to be honest. It's like no one's knocking on our door. So it's like, well, we'll wait to see what the record calls and, you know, they'll hear it. And then, okay, you know, maybe that'll happen because, uh, you know, how it is here in L.A. It's, it's just, it's just, you know, we're not part of the in scene right now, you know, like the other bands are. So, you know, okay, it is what it is. You know, we'll get gigs. You know, we'll go to South America and play in front of thousands of people instead of playing at D Piazza in front of twenty five. You know, so I'm curious. So, so let me let me branch <laughs> off of this point now. So you you say obviously that you're waiting. Now that's that's like the worst possible advice I can give any band is to sit and wait. So I guess what I'm asking to achieve these goals, are you hitting up promoters in say South America and to to get a get? Okay. Yeah, believe it or not. Yeah, I've reached out, you know, they have this new, this new, I'm, you know, I'm going to rant on this and I usually don't rant, but I'm, I take it kind of personal. So they have this new festival called Gates of Metal, all right, that's coming out here in Garden Grove, which is literally like three miles away from where I live. Now we tried to get on this show and I see a lot of bands and people I've played with, I've known and stuff. Frankly, I've done more than they have, you know, I mean... I just feel it's a lack of respect. You know, I've, I've been in bands that toured the world, released a lot of albums. They won't even like return my call. So yeah, I won't be showing up to that show. So good luck. <laughs> that's my rant. And that's, that's how I feel, you know, because it's like, yeah, I've reached out to a few people, sent them the music. Yeah, it sounds great. All right. You know, we're writing, you know, 
but you know, it, it is what it is. So we'll just, for us, you know, uh, you know, we'll get out and go play other places where we'll, we'll draw well. Like the band's toured South America like three times and played in, you know, like big shows. Um, we got offered to go play a festival with Testament, but we can't get a local show here in LA because, well, I don't know why, you know, maybe I'll rub people the wrong way. I think that's probably the, the issue. I know these people aren't as friendly before because I feel, you know, my thing is I work hard, you know, to push my music, you know, and maybe that maybe it's too much that I post a lot on Facebook, but I don't know any other way because they don't allow us to see everybody we used to be able to see on Facebook because of their stupid rules, you know. So, yeah, you know, every every hour I'm going to post something about my band because I'm trying, you know, rather than not people sit on their ass and do nothing, you know, well, then that's why you good. You know, don't go anywhere. So that's my rant. You know, LA, LA music scene sucks. I've been ranting on that for this whole time. I've had the fucking show. So I, I, another aspect to doing this (laughs) is obviously the, from, from the bit, from a business perspective is obviously to do a lot of interviews. So is, is that applied to the interview process? Have you gotten a lot of, of feedback in terms of, Hey, you want to come on the show and, and help promote or, or, you know, his. Well, yeah, I mean, the press is doing good. You know, I mean, I, I, you know, the press is, you know, fine. I mean, why, why, you search the internet, we're coming up, and our reviews of your album been really good. So, there, I haven't heard like the the worst review was we're okay. You know, from from like usually it's like a German label, you know, because they're so they're a little snobby about their metal, you know. So yeah, you know, they're they're good. We'll give them a seven, you know. But that's still that's that's there. No one said we suck, so I haven't seen that yet. So who knows? <laughs> but I mean, it's all fun. I mean, if we just you know, this day and age, you know, we just do it because we love it, you know, and we want to get it out there and be successful like everyone else. And I, you know, I'll work my butt off to do it, you know because I love to do it. You know, when I don't want to do this anymore, then, you know, I hang it up and, you know, sit in front of the desk and shit boxes. <laughs> Before this particular interview, we had kind of, you know, we've done a couple of these, a couple interviews with uh, us together, Glenn, and, and you yeah. has always been frustrated to not have your own band. And I kind of feel like Primal's now your own band without you even knowing that it's your your own band. Where I'm going with this is because you tried to start Final Decree and whatnot, and I was I was kind of under the impression like, oh, okay, he's got something now for his own. No matter who leaves, he's still going to have Final Decree. Well, that didn't end up working. So is Primal going to be like that? Yeah. Yeah. Look, it's it's what it is. It's it's you know we work really good together. We make good music. Um, whether it's my band or his band or everyone's band, we're, we're a group, the three of us. Uh, we're all on the same page because we all kind of think alike and have the same goals. You know, a lot of it is, you know, people don't have the same goals. Um, so, yeah, maybe one day if it falls apart, you know, then uh, um, I don't know, maybe I'll join your band. I need a guitar player. <laughs> so who knows, man? People ask me to drill. Sure. So, so let me, how does, how do you approach Scott and Bill to, you know, from No Life Till Metal to, to put out the Primal record? Because obviously they worked out with you beforehand, but this was a couple of years ago. So did, um, I'm just kind of curious what they bring to the table that maybe other record labels haven't for you. 
Um, they're friends of mine. And that's basically it. Um, what I've discovered a lot with the labels is they kind of put it out there. They work it for a couple of weeks and then they move on to somebody else, you know? Um, and with this, you know, these guys really, one, they, they like the music, you know, other labels, you don't know, they tell you what the, what you want to hear. Um, but these guys, I know they really like the music. Um, I've known them forever. Scott, I used to play with, uh, in one, when I was in once dead and he was a singer. Um, so we have that connection. Bill, I've known for years when we go to the Rams games, you know, all, you know, we're season ticket holders. So we always see each other at the football game. That's how it all started. You know, Hey, what are you doing? Yeah, I'm up at this see. We got together. Hey, I want to hear your primal stuff. And then, you know, we just started talking, um, yeah, it's it's basically about people, you know. It's it you know labels now. It's 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 just mainly about manufacturing, you know, because they cover the costs of that. Um, so I, you know, they they did vinyl like CDs, and and that's you know you can't beat that. So for me, it's it's uh, you know they're perfect. Um, you know, major labels, and now I've been told this by major labels, you know. Uh, Frankly, the guy from Century Media, who was very honest, um, he said, Glenn, I know who you are. I've known all about your career, even the Steel Vengeance stuff. But this is the deal. It's like we're only signing bands that are known. So if you're a testament, if you're an exodus, if you're something like that, you can get a deal. But starting out middle tier, lower tier bands, they're not going to mess with you. You know, he says, you're better you looking for a smaller label and sticking with that. And that's, you know, and that was honest. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. So then off I go. Yeah, understandable. <laughs> so it, well, labels, labels also offer distribution. Yeah. So that's the other yin to the yang is the manufacturing and distribution. Um, obviously, everything's gone up in price, which is, you yeah. know, it is what it is. But are you planning on doing any touring for this album? Is what's the, what is the next step in terms of now that the album's out? It's been getting press. It's been it's now on CD and vinyl, which obviously will will tell people how to get it and whatnot. But what is your next goal for this particular record with the uh, the in or the Hugh Machine record? Our goal is to, to get out and support it. That means live shows. Um, yeah, we, we definitely, I mean, for us getting to, you know, like, of course we're known in South America. That's our bread and butter down there. We'll get down there. Um, all right. We're trying to crack the America code. You know, we, we've played here before done New York, you know, LA. Um, but yeah, it's just a matter of the opportunities and, and promoters and festivals, you know, coming to us and, you know, and I've, I believe me, I've reached out. I've sent email after email um trying you know so we're right now what we're doing is we're going to look into agencies and uh we're talking to a couple and uh you know trying to go that route um and you know keep knocking on doors I'm, it'll come around i it's a great record i believe it's a great record um i could be wrong but i you know i'm biased but i think it's a good album so we're great players i mean we know how to do this we've done it for years so uh, we just need that opportunity for you guys to find now, out for yourself. 
And if you've seen me in Hyrax and all those bands, you know what I bring to the table and Jorge as well. And, uh, you know, Cesar is a, you know, a killer on bass. And he goes back to the 80s metal days, you know, with Steel Vengeance. You know, we did touring with Sabotage. He's, you know, right there in the same pocket, you know. So um, we'll see what happens. You know, I mean, we'll get it out there and, and uh, you know, basically uh, we'll see what happens. That's all I can say, you know. I mean, hey, you know. Now, before so are you writing, are you already starting to write the follow-up to this one? Have you have you gotten that far yet, or is well, it just I got kinda... you know, Shannon. Yeah, I I have tunes. You know, I mean, I've basically this is what I do. I, I mean, I you know, with my cell phone, I'm loaded with riffs and and song ideas. Um, you know, so yeah, I, I've got the makings of a couple of songs already, um, but right now I'm just kind of you know jet lagged from all the work I did on this record. So I'm just kind of like. You know, everyone's like, you ready to start working on more stuff? It's like, Do we, let's <laughs> you know, um, let's let's do some stuff with this, you know, before we even start thinking about, you know, the next one. Because, um, you know, I mean, it's all financing, too. And, and hopefully by then I'll have more experience because we do have our own studio. We have our own Pro Tools um, in our room. And that's where we recorded the drums. And, you know, it's it's a it's a really good studio. Um, we got a nice big Mackie board and uh, all the mics you need and the room's good. So we can track everything in yeah. our own place. Um, just not good at the mixing thing, you know, but we can do everything we need to do. We've got enough outboard gear and compressors and everything we need to record it, you yeah. know, all the music. No problem. Even the vocals. Now, now you're mentioning, obviously, like working with some of the same people when I'm curious for you, how important is it to have that team around you with, you know, obviously with, with everything that you're doing for any project that, that you're doing, meaning like, you know, obviously you probably want to work with the same people every record, right? Just to, but how important is, is that dynamic for you as a musician, as a musician? Well, I don't know. Um, sometimes, you know, you try different PR guys for that part of it. You know, I I work with uh, Vlad PR. He's from Poland. Uh, I met him basically from the Hyrax days, and, and he's been really good. So he's always my number one guy from that part of it. Um, as far as, like, producers, um, kind of Primal's kind of a new thing, working with Iggy. Um this is his first full production all the way from recording drums to guitars and mixing and everything, you know? So that was uh, you know, that was a good experience. So um, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's just finding, it's finding the guys who have the passion, you know, who believe in it. And you know, when you talk to them, if they believe in it. So um, yeah, I mean, it'll vary, you know, uh, from team member to team member, but as long as, uh, you know, got the record label in place that wants to put it out. Step one, guys who want to record the music, step two, um, the guy to do the recording, if he's good, you know, cause that's where you butt heads and Shannon knows in the studio, you know, it, it's hard to get what's in your head on tape or on digital, whatever you call it these days to sound what you hear inside, you know? So, that's that's why I'm trying to learn myself 
you know, and I'm slow to the game, but, you know, because I'm still old school, I still like tape, so I want to twist a knob, not deal with the mouse, you know, so I got to get used to that. Um, but I, you know, I hear it in my head, and, and this is pretty close to what I hear. Um, of course, I'd like to change a few things here and there, you know, I mean, that's all opinion, you know, honestly, so... Because what I say, other people don't even notice. They say, it's great. I love it. I'm like, oh, but that one part, man, that's for me, yeah. you know. Yeah. <laughs> like, the solo's too loud on the first song. Turn it down in decibel, you know. Oh, no, no, no. No one even said it, anything about it. And I'm like, okay, it's cool. Right. <laughs> so uh, well, where can people get Hue Machine and, and help support Anything primal related and anything uh, Glenn Rogers related at this point? Well, um, Hue Machine is available everywhere now. You can uh, you can get it on Amazon. I just saw it. It's up on Amazon, which is pretty much where everyone shops these days. Uh, you go to Rocks Records. Um, they have it on their website. Boone's Overstock has it. Uh, I know in Europe uh germany underground power is a label in germany that's going to carry some copies um south america it's coming up we're making a deal with the label down in argentina i can't say it right now until the deal's done but it will be available in south america from a south american label because i know the expense uh it is to import down there so you know, you guys down there, don't worry. You'll be able to get it at a decent price. Or if you want, buy it, you know, off Amazon. You can still get it up here too. But uh, I know Japan will have some copies available. Uh, Rockstacks Records will have it. Um, and, you know, that's wherever you can find it. I mean, it's, it's going to be on digital too. I'm not sure exactly when. I think at the end of the month. Uh, it'll be out on digital. Well, well, Glenn, I want to thank you, obviously, for for coming on the show. Shannon, any f last final words? Yeah. What 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 do you have coming up as far as livewise yourself this this coming year, or in the recent future? I know um, you have a deliverance show, right? Yeah, we do. There's a our once a year gig. <laughs> We're playing the Immortal Fest in Ohio, July 22nd. Um, so we got to start rehearsing for that, which means with Deliverance, it's probably one or two rehearsals. We're all spread out. You know, our drummer's in Fresno, bass player's in Texas, Jimmy's in Vegas. And so, you know, that's kind of, you know, it'll be a good show. We're going to be tight and it's going to be good. Um, I don't know about any more Deliverance stuff other than that. Um, I kind of don't do anything business-wise with deliverance. That's Jimmy's territory. He just, I just go when he calls me, Hey dude, we're going to do a show. All right, great. I'll be there. I just love playing. And so that's kind of what's happening there. Um, I know we did some songs. Uh, we recorded a couple songs that are going to come out either uh, as bonus tracks on a reissue or maybe an EP. I don't know. Like I said, that's, that's Jimmy's call. I just, uh, well, when it says time to record, I'll go in and, and lay down tracks, you know. Because um, I just play solos for Deliverance. That's my job. <laughs> uh, and Primal, you know, hopefully, hey, maybe our bands can get together someday and do some gigs. I know Bill wanted to do some, you know, you know, a show with all the bands on the label. Um, 
try to make that happen. You know, um, we're talking about it. Hopefully you guys are talking to him about it too. It'd be great getting all the no life to metal guys, you know, that'd be a cool show. Um, so right now, you know, nothing's booked. We're just, uh, in the process of looking and, and, uh, you know, trying to seek out gigs. And I think once the album gets out there, then the demand will start coming in and, uh, you know, people will start knocking on more. Excellent. Well, Glenn, thank you very much again for giving us a, f- a few yeah. minutes of your time here and helping us promote the the brand new Primal record, which is in, which is oh my gosh, Hugh Machine. It's a tongue twister for me. I, I'm going to have to like say it fifty more thousand times. So, but yeah, thank you so much, Glenn, for giving us a few minutes of your time here. And uh, Shannon, thanks very much for another episode of Poppers Corner, guys. We're out of here. Cheers. <laughs>